Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Welcome to the smooth sounds of me and Em. The smooth, the smooth jazz sounds. We are so smooth. Uh, how are you? We'll wait for you to reply. I thought you were talking to me. Oh, how are you? I'm sad. You answer for everyone. Everyone is doing the okay. Well, well, it's Friday when we're recording this, so everyone's pretty happy right now. Right, 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 right. But they might be hungover tomorrow. But when they when they hear it on like Sunday, Monday, they'll be like, mm, "Good, not great." Yeah, good, not great. I hear you. Things have slipped significantly downhill <laughs> this weekend was a real clusterfuck guys uh speaking of good not great on uh sunday we will be traveling all day yes so good not great y'all we're going to florida okay i want to tell you this right now when this is coming out tomorrow we are starting our florida tour this week monday through saturday i think yeah and is we it, are, are we going to maryland first oh <laughs> Sorry. I met Marilyn. I was like, yeah, okay. Sorry. I thought we were like leading into my cool Florida thing. Oh, well, we're going to Maryland for one night only. Yes. And the and we're not too big on that just because the time travel from LA to the East Coast, it right. ends up being an entire day of traveling for us. We're amped because it's going to be at the University of Maryland. So It's our first college show. That's right. I'm and very stoked. Only students can go, just to clarify. Yes. So unfortunately, this is not a public show, which is why we haven't really announced it, but we're pretty excited. Right. But now, after that, we are going to be going to Florida. Yeah. Christine, take it away. Jesus. I was like, look how perfect this worked together. <laughs> what a segue. We are so smooth. Nope, we're not. <laughs> Welcome to the really bumpy sounds of Emma and Christine. <laughs> uh okay so, goose bumpy goose bumpy goose frava florida anyway. we are coming to florida next week the week after and we have uh not done well in miami and west palm beach and we're not happy with you guys so yeah come, come on. on i don't listen you guys really had our egos on come such on. a kick because we have i would say like at least 60 yeah. percent of our shows are sold out yeah. and then the rest are only like 10 away from being sold out i mean we are just and florida 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 come on now you really set the bar high and now uh florida's not coming through okay. but we tr we trust that things may be different by the time we're there we do and also we're kind of bummed because we're so excited to go somewhere warm and we're like hell yeah <laughs> and andrew's not gonna send us back if it's not. exactly exactly anyway so we're going to miami and west palm beach so you guys and then andrew was like oh well those are walk-in cities so people will just walk in off the street and i was like no. that's gonna be a weird ass no. show for people to be walking in on they're gonna be like i don't like this i'm gonna, gonna walk be like in. oh here is a disintegrated torso a and everyone's gonna be like what the fuck kind of show did we just improv walking in she on slipped on a puddle of blood drink like it's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> just the worst for them uh, so anyway also uh, yeah. um my 84 and 94 year old grandma and grandpa will Hell be at yeah. one of our shows so you're gonna 
hear us cuss and then hear some old Yo, Jewish people screaming at us. Why have you not done us. promo with that? I don't know why. We should really have, have Jacqueline Miriam Glickman come in here and tell everyone that they should listen mother to our show. of... That, by the way, of course, is Linda's mother. Well, obviously. I mean, who else did you expect? Mother of Yahweh is what I was going to say. <laughs> but uh, also, Linda will be there. So I don't know if that... I really, really hope that my ticket sales are not dependent on my mother being there because her ego doesn't need it. But at this point, my ego does. So We need it. Let's uh, go. So yeah, so there's that. Also, we released a list of all the tickets that... Or shows that still have tickets available, and I think people are snapping them up. So uh, go to... And that's why drink.com slash live for that. Also, sorry to everyone who is listening to this like later, and they're like, this already happened. We don't care. But too bad. Right. Also, I have a lot of important updates. Oh, shit. Yeah. So there's now a Team Lemon. Um, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> be a, is, a part of this podcast it's anymore. It's very real. I know it's real because I'm also an avid Twitterer. Right. And it I've is seen all over Twitter. way too many memes recently of people taking either me, Geo, or Blaze's pictures, faces e out of pictures yeah. and putting Lemon's face Ooh, there. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. Well, there was one that actually made me laugh so hard. Uh, it was a picture. Oh, no. It was. So the Detroit show released a picture of you and Geo as their I, yeah. promo material. And so, like, I retweeted it and I wrote, I guess I'm not relevant anymore. And that's, like, my most liked tweet of all time, of course, <laughs> with you and fucking Geo in it. So I, like, tweeted that and then someone responded, weren't you just fucking leaving everyone for a lemon? Calm down or something. And I was like... <laughs> Well, you're not wrong, so... I'm surprised no one uh, photoshopped your face onto my face and then Lemon's face onto Gio's face. Oh, shit. And then the picture behind it is, like, the sign that says, I love you more than anything or something. Well, nobody would... The Garden of Eternal Love. Oh. That's a good one. The Garden of... Listen, you guys really could photoshop Lemon and Christine to many things that involve me and Gio, so... So... The world's going by storm at everybody this point. Everybody ready, set, go! <laughs> um, also, today I came up with a fun new catchphrase. <laughs> so annoyed with me we haven't re we don't record much anymore so i feel like i have to cram this all in i christine never has a uh, updates live for me unless we're alone in a room so if i storm off no one notices <laughs> what the hell is this catchphrase so you know how we call people creeps and peeps yeah we're trying to make it catch on no yeah yeah, yeah. um so i came up with another one okay what about drunks and punks wait i don't hate it yeah it's fun right or like drunks and hunks but then i was like drunks and punks sounds like more i mean Everyone that listens to us was a little punk at some point. Yeah, you think so, right? Well, like, I mean, either they were like successfully emo goth. Right, or they tried. Or they tried. Which was me. <laughs> which, I mean, still ended up turning into like a whole Failed generation emo. of people. That's yeah. right, yeah. So anyway, drunks and punks, I was like, cool. I wrote it at the top of my notes instead of doing my notes. Oh, well. I mean, I did my notes eventually, but first I talked about lemon and drunks and punks. I also appreciate in the last episode, we were talking about chills and thrills. Oh, yeah. And then Eerie and Theory. I mean, we got a lot of things going on. Someone just write all of our in failed citrus businesses. and in health. Yes. In Citrus and in health. <laughs> all if, our failed businesses. No, no, no. I mean, failed failed catchphrases. We should just have one big poster, one big shirt of all of our failed catchphrases. What a mess. Anyway. Everyone's like scrambling to Everyone's make Everyone's like, too merch. much art. Too much art you guys Stop are inspiring me Asking with. for stuff. Uh, anyway, I don't think I have any updates, do I? I mean, nothing would really trump mine, so right. I don't think you should even try. Well, I just won't. Then. Oh, I redesigned the studio. I know we said it in the listener episode, but not everyone oh, yeah. listens to this. This is our first time uh, with yeah. our new microphones. That's right. We put I put, very profesh. I tried to make the studio more welcoming. studio -y. Yeah, it's homey and, and homey. cozy. And there's like all our stuff is displayed. I'm trying to put hang up all the art we get and all the books and like fun knickknacks. I wanted to display everything, so I tried to do that. And then I uh, got new like microphones so we could sit 
on a couch mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. comfy the ambiance is very welcoming to conversation yeah it's more like what we've been wanting to do for two years and just have not oh, so well. here we are and we got these cool little mikeys that have like little extendy arms yes so we could just kind of like chill i know it definitely feels more like a little studio it looks very very intense um yeah and so also i put lemon up here with with oh, jesus next to the holy water you hid him because i didn't want blaze to throw him away when i showed because you didn't the... want me to text blaze and tell him that it's here i know i was giving blaze a tour and i knew he would grab it and put it in the trash can so <laughs> here we are as a medical professional i think he can only imagine <laughs> all of the germs on that thing <laughs> oh boy don't remind me okay yeah that's my thing i mean my thing was that we were gonna that we're going to maryland and yeah that's fun. I forgot about that whole thing. We're truly, I think we're we're only going to, I think we're traveling longer than it will actually be in Maryland. Though. Oh, yes, for sure. We have <laughs> two is, travel days and one performance day. Which is wild. So UMD, man. You better cheer real loud. You better be excited. And also, hey, by the way, everybody, this is why I forgot about it. It's a fucking dry campus. And they uh. specifically told me in the contract that I may not drink during the show. <laughs> and I was like, okay, first of all, everyone calm down. Like, I know that I drink a lot, but like you don't need to like put it in the contract i'm not gonna also that like it really does help it does give you a little bit of liquid courage to go on stage so how are you planning on being okay on stage uh clonopin propranol propranol drinking a lot of wine in advance got it zoloft wellbutrin (laughs) all of my good stuff all of your good stuff. wine bra actually is the answer actually no i i was gonna do that as a joke and then i was like if i break the contract i'm probably gonna get in trouble oh fair like if our money is on the line and right. andrew is gonna be mad at me i hear you i hear you i don't like to make people mad at me but anyway i guess we i guess this is gonna be the most sober episode we've ever seen that's right if you guys show up man it will be weird in a different way won't and you it? know what that means our next show is in miami i'm gonna get fucked up <laughs> <laughs> so you better go see us live very excited so um that's that on that. I sorry. I feel like I'm fucking up here. Like no, I like it. I like up. it. Stay up there. Oh my god. The just don't th- push me off. The only update I have, I don't really even have an update. I just thought it was very nice today. Geo was extra snuggly with me today. Oh, honey. When I came over, he seems to have. Uh, I think he's in his his zone where he like he's like, don't touch me. You don't even know me. He's got mm. his like his teen angst. Yeah, he's a little teeny right now. But today he was just so snuggly and he refused to leave. And part of it is that Olive's here now and he gets very competitive about who's penning him. Mm. I, I like to blame it on the fact that I think he smelled chicken McNuggets on my on my breath. I think both of those combos, that combo really. I think it boded well for me. It's a tornado of cuddles. Ew, Giovanni. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyway, that's the only update I have. I that's actually I'm, maybe the most important update. I feel satisfied in my in my love my love arena. I have an update is that I was getting a lot of phone calls from a Beverly Hills number and I kept complaining about it. And then someone delivered me beer. <laughs> yeah. Like, who the hell is this person? Like, oh, yeah, it's my delivery boy. Who is calling me from Beverly Hills? And then Blaze is like, there's a man standing outside with two six-packs <laughs> saying you ordered beer. Can you please come get it? So I'm happy. Got my beer. I'm team beer today. Team lemon, mostly. But also team <sighs> beer. handle this. In citrus and in health. Yeah. Well. I love you. <laughs> You're saying that too, lemon? Yes. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say it back so I could Here. shut you down. Oh, well, fuck that. That was the lemon. Wait, do the echo. Oh, wait, that was lemon. That was lemon. <gasps> I heard him. Did you hear it? This wait, is my play it again. echoes it again. of love. Lemon loves you. Oh, lemon, I hear you from before. <laughs> wait, do the, do the echo the one? The reverb. Reverb. I love you. <laughs> wait, turn the thing off. No, the... Lemon. 
Lemon, can you hear me? It's Christine. <laughs> I was talking to him in a cave. Everyone's like, we were in the tunnel of love. Everyone is like, your microphones could do that this whole time. <laughs> you guys better be thankful that we have not fucked around more with that because we have wanted to for two years. <laughs> also, that was me and Levin in the tunnel of love, if anyone's wondering. <laughs> wondering. Oh, yikes. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, moving on fast and quick. Yeah, um, please let's get out of here, please. Aggressively moving on quickly. Push me off of that in ledge. a harsh fashion. Yes. So, um, my story today. I hope it sound. I'm nervous about the reverb. Does it sound? It echoey? sounds still reverby, doesn't it? Oh, there it is. <laughs> sorry. Now I'm sorry to everyone. We were is, we were leaving the tunnel. It was getting right. the, we, <laughs> we were walking out of the cave, following the light, Lord. Um. So <laughs> my story is a quick one. So I'm sorry it's not as long as usual. Although I'm sure several people are like, oh thank God. Yes. But um, I had not heard of this, and I hope I, I hope I don't fuck up the names. But everything's in freaking French. So oh boy, you're the one who said you speak French. I spoke French. I don't anymore. Oh, oh, that's how that works. Uh, I took it for 13 years in school and then I got to the point where I was actually like fluent enough that I was dreaming in French and I felt really confident about it. And then that was also the last year I ever practiced it frequently. So now I don't know any French anymore. So that's a fun skill wasted. Okay. It would come back. I think if you went there, maybe 
I don't have any plans to go there, though. I so. do. So you can come <laughs> if you want. I, I Fuck yeah. Let's go to Paris. Omelette du fromage. Well, that's, that's, my, that's the only French I know. It's the only French du fromage. Mean. Actually, I also know. Où est le bain? Où est le bain? Which I don't think I'm even saying correctly. No, you're saying it right. Where's the bathroom? Yeah, that's the only other thing. There you go. See, I do speak French. I Look forgot. Look at you go. I forgot. Um, okay, so this is apparently a uh, legend in France. Okay. It, Wait, have you done any French no. stories? I'm excited. Because I'm always afraid of butchering the sounds. Oh, so instead you do Norway and fucking... Okay. I do ones where I don't think people expect it from me right away. Oh, true. You did set yourself a bar saying you spoke French and... Okay, I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I have the fear This now. is why I don't do the German stuff. Okay, I get mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. I get it. So this is... Uh, I don't know how common it is. For all I know, it's like a legend in like a certain area and not like all of France. Right. But I typed in like French folklore because I realized I had oh, not... that's fun. I had not paid attention to the French and I wanted to. So... It's your time. It's your moment. It's your moment, France. Omelette du fromage. Omelette du fromage. So here, Jesus is Christ, the story of the beast of Gévaudan. Gev- it's spelled like in a very American, horrible dialect. Gévaudan. That's, yeah, that sounds right. Gévaudan. So the beast. <laughs> Everyone's like, stop it. Everyone's like, okay. Gévaudan. My my moment in France is now over. So okay, great. You did a good job. Uh. So the beast of Gévaudan is... I think that's right. You're doing very well, I think. Thanks. I don't know if that means anything. So let's do Madame Valentine at Fredericksburg Academy. Shut up. What a name. What a name. I don't think she liked me, by the way. So maybe don't tell her. I mean, I don't either, so... Uh, (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Seems to be quite the uh, common denominator in my relationships. It's a pattern. So uh, uh, Gévaudan is a small province in southern France... And uh, the beast of Gévaudan, a uh, it's the story of several wolf-ish, wolf-like <laughs> wolfish uh, attacks on the people in the area for three years bef- oh. between 1764 and 1767. Oh shit! Okay, so uh, it is known as the most fatal series of wolf attacks in the country's history. Oh Jesus! Um, and they assume that the beast quote is a wolf, but they don't know for sure. Um, you okay? No, I'm so sorry. I'm. This is like. It's a new microphone. I know. We're all patient. We're I'm, all patient. Thank you for being patient. Um. I love you. Uh, well, that was for lemon. I know. <laughs> I didn't say it back on purpose. So <sighs> they assume that the beast is a wolf, but they don't know for sure. Um, many believe it to be a wolf-like creature. Okay. But they've never confirmed that it's a wolf. Um, it yeah. has been known. If it is a wolf, if we're all assuming that it's a wolf. Yeah. It has been known as the, quote, Napoleon Bonaparte of wolves. It has a complex. I think everyone has a complex that <laughs> survived the story. Yes. I think everyone has a complex period, but okay. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> no, okay. And Sorry. In 1764, uh, it started in 1764 with one young woman uh, who was working in the field when she was attacked by a creature. Okay. That becomes the beast. Right. Um... But her cattle ended up scaring it away, so she survived. Oh, that's nice of them. But then days later... Oh, no. A 14-year-old... I'm going to probably fuck up this name. Jean Boulet. Jean Benet Ramsey? Yes, her, actually. Uh-huh. Um, 14-year-old Jean Boulet was killed, <gasps> um, and she was the first uh, fatal victim of this Holy beast. fuck. She... All that was found at the scene... Oh, no. ...was her bonnet and her... Oh. ...and her clogs. Oh! This sounds like some, like, fucking uh, Brothers Grimm shit. It does. Yeah. 
I like how even this wolf was like, I'm not going to go fucking near clogs. I have too much <laughs> clogs. Too much fashion sense for Lord, that. Lord, my mother wore clogs. So uh, the attacks were so close by between the two different cases that yeah. it was assumed that it was the same creature. Um, and by that summer, quote, wolf-like attacks were happening nonstop throughout the 100 square mile area. Oh, no. Uh, usually the victims were lone women and children. And most of the attacks showed the victims' throats and chests being ripped out <gasps> oh. by sharp claws and teeth. The thought is that it was probably an oversized wolf, and as stories started circulating, it went from an oversized wolf to a half-man, half-wolf beast. Oh, great. So uh, the press started referring to this creature as a beast with black fur, a wide chest, and a huge mouth. Oh, God. Okay. And the press at the time was sensationalizing the hell out of the story because the king had censored political news from being in the papers. And so reporters were trying to figure out how to keep their sales up. Oh. And they were heavily relying on entertainment stories. That is interesting. Okay. So this was also the time. I know I'm really like hitting your little journalism. You are. I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. So another thing in journalism is this was the beginning of a type of reporting called Fate d'hiver. Journalism junkie, do you know what that is? No. Okay. It is apparently, quote, everyday incidents happening in smaller areas. So it's basically um, the very beginning of today's version of true crime. Oh, shit. So small little, like, true crime, scary things happening in small villages that you probably wouldn't hear about when politics is taking over the newspapers. Oh, so, like, uh, using that as, like, a form of, mm -hmm. like... Like, entertainment, entertainment and selling all their stories, like, oh, well, you'll never hear what Holy happened shit. in this village. What's or, it called? In this village. In <laughs> this village. You, know, you would never know what's going oh my on God. over there. Did you hear what's happening in... In, <laughs> in group eight. In village yeah. eight. Um, Fête d'hiver. Like, fête, like a party? F-A-I-T-S. Oh, no, no. D-I-V-E. It's Fates Divers. <laughs> If we're going full American. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, the stories, uh, stories like this ended up causing mass hysteria in the area because the news were just sensationalizing that oh, wolves sure. were killing everybody. Yellow journalism. Uh -huh. I know that word. And uh, townspeople began taking this very seriously and they ended up forming a volunteer organization to hunt and kill this beast. Pitchforks. Upwards of 3,000 people what? volunteered. So 3,000 pitchforks. 3,000? 90,000 top From these prongs. fucking small towns? Yes. 90,000 prongs. I think that's 9,000, but... 30,000? 3,000 3, times... No, 30,000, homie. You said three. Oh, here, it's an even bigger number. Sorry, 30,000? 30,000 30, people volunteered to be a part of this organization. Like, everyone, like multiple villages were coming together to like try to hunt this thing Like, hundreds of villages. Yeah. Holy shit. So that's a lot of people. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it, got it, got it. So ninety. You were right. Ninety. Ninety. Ninety thousand prongs. <laughs> so, um, so the town even offered to reward the killer if they ever found this thing and killed it. Um, they would be rewarded with the average villager's salary. So, like whatever wow. the whatever the average villager was making in one year, they were willing $2. to offer that much money. Okay. Sure. <laughs> they were willing to make that much. To whoever caught it? To whoever killed it, yeah. Jesus, that's wild. Which, like, it's a big deal. It's like, oh, I want a year's An salary. An entire salary, yeah. So uh, one of the people leading this group was Captain Dumel uh, and his dragoons, which I still don't really understand what a dragoon is. Oh, um, I, I thought, I always confuse them with doubloons. Oh, I always confuse them with dragons. And I was always like, right. if I'm going to be a troop in the military, I want to be kind of a dragon. Sure. That was. Oh, it's a troop in the military. Okay. So, uh, I, yeah, I have no idea. They, I think so. Uh, we just sound awfully ignorant. Anyway, him and his dragons, mm -hmm. um, they 
They apparently were the small part of the team that had run past this beast multiple times and almost shot it multiple times. But at the times that they almost killed it, um, like people nearby and villagers nearby were not being helpful and ended up distracting them or ended up shooing the thing away or shit. But they were so close so many times to being the ones who killed it. Okay. They were known to leave poison bait around the area. Oh. And he also went so far as to have his own men dressing as peasant women and hopes to attract the monster because it seemed to be going after lonely women. What a mess this is. They're probably also killing so many animals with these poison bait all over the town. Yeah. Go they ahead. were just desperate, though. I mean, when, like, people were just... The news was making it sound like everyone was dying left and right. Right. So uh, one of the quotes that is pretty famous in this story now is Dumel talking about the beast and describing it as having a quote breast as wide as a horse mm. a body as long as a leopard's and fur that has that is red with a black stripe whoa then he says you will undoubtedly think like i do that this is a monster hybrid the father of which must be a lion what its mother was remains to be seen a dragoon a dragon Mm-hmm. So in 1765, this is only one year later, there's one woman named Marie Jean. Oh, wow. And uh, she was attacked by the beast, but actually was able to fight it off on her own. And this gave her the name of the maiden of Jovendon. Okay. Jovendon. Uh, and men actually, <laughs> men throughout the whole area really fucking hated that uh, a woman a young girl was able to fight off this beast, but they can't well, even yeah. find it, let alone kill it. Um, even as dressed as women. Yeah. They can't do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so get it, girl. A lot of guys had a problem with that. Shocker. And they made it very clear that they were like, well, if she can do it, we can do it. Jesus Christ. Okay. So King Louis heard about this. And, uh, oh, so after the maiden. Right. Uh, after she was attacked, right after her, there was a boy named Jacques. And his friends, and they were attacked by the beast, and they were able to scare it away. Oh, okay. But also, like, they sound, the from the multiple stories I read, it sounds like they were, like, school children. Yeah. And so, they never seemed to care that school children could scare it away, but a woman could. Well, um, no, because they were boy school children. Right, right, right. They were school men. They were school men. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> King Louis heard about Jacques and the fact that there were children being attacked and awarded them with uh a whole lot of money and wow. also fully funded Jock's state education oh shit like was like you go to college for free because you fought off this thing but not that lady who got attacked earlier right no oh. it's like you don't need school you're a, a female all right okay just checking um you need a brain to go to school come on christine well i f- see i don't have a brain so i don't remember things like right that. right right i forgot who i was talking to yes um, so the king also promised that he would personally see to it that the beast was hunted down. So he hired a father-son team of wolf hunters. Can you oh. imagine bonding <laughs> with your father like that? I mean, that's every boy's dream. So, uh, and the dad's name was Jean Charles and the son's name was Jean Francois. Oh, even better. And <laughs> I know. Apparently together they had already killed, this was like their vocal resume, if you will, of like trying to prove why they're worthy. Wow. They're okay. like, well, we've already killed 1200 wolves. What? And so it's like, mm, okay, clearly you know how to kill a wolf. So sure, give it a shot. wolves. Which, like, PETA is, like, racking their brains right now listening to this story. I mean, me but... too. I'm, I'm like, what is going on here? Right. That doesn't so, sound very nice. Geo's grandparents. Geo's ancestors. That so they uh, spent four months. This is both Jean's, um, dad mm-hmm. and son. They spent four months killing wolves in the area. And by the end, they believed that the animal was probably a Eurasian gray wolf. That was their best bet. But it has never been confirmed. That was just what they thought it was. 
Um, and they have said, quote, it is much bigger than a wolf. It has a snout somewhat like a calf's and very long hair, which would indicate some sort of hyena. Wow. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that, so it's like the short right. snout thing. So I think it could be a hyena or a gray wolf. But so they saw it is what oh, they're yeah. saying. Oh, okay. They just um, couldn't kill it. Right. Okay. Yeah. That seems to be the big case in this whole thing. Yeah. So after killing what they thought was the beast, they sent it to Versailles and uh, everything seemed pretty normal for mm-hmm. a hot minute and they were like okay well, we killed the real we beast did it. then attacks started picking up again and the king fired them and was like okay fuck you you didn't do it so <laughs> uh, go fuck away you. and uh or if you will oh i was like i wish i knew oh there it is there it is <laughs> so uh so the king fired them and replaced them with his own security guy named francois antoine okay you need to find some new names i know everyone's got the exact same jean name. francois oh so Antoine killed uh, many wolves in his time hunting for the beast. Cause, okay. So it was just up to him now. The king was like, just get this done. Right. So he killed many, many wolves. And three of them were larger than really any wolf anyone had seen before. The largest of which weighed up to 130 pounds. Jesus. Which the average wolf just like breaks 100. Oh, wow. So it was 130 pounds, measured almost three feet in height and over five and a half feet in length. Like it was a massive fucking That's wolf. That's actually very terrifying. Then he had a quote saying, we declare by the present report signed from our hand, we never saw a big wolf that could be compared to this one. Hence, we believe that this could be the fearsome beast that caused so much damage. Oh, my God. So that wolf was killed, uh, was stuffed, and then displayed in the royal court for all to see. And uh, Antoine was also able to track down that wolf's mate and two cubs and also killed them. What? Don't do that. I know. I know. I know. I know. We're getting right past that. So um, he was able to kill two of the three. He shot the third, but it ran off. So he doesn't. A cub or the mom? A cub. Um, So we don't know if it lived or not. Baby. And so, but from what they could examine from the other two that he did get. They had, uh, they had double sets of claws. Whoa. Which is apparently a like some weird inherited right. thing proving even further that this might be the beast because it had unusual claw marks. Sure. And the reason I brought up that there was a cub that kind of scampered away and they don't know if it lived or not is because even though this beast was killed, um, only a couple weeks later attacks started up again. And so <gasps> they think that maybe that wolf was getting vengeance. Right. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> not my dad. That's so terrible. So attack like some lion King shit. I know. Uh, so attacks started up again. Um, there were another 35 attacks in the next 18 months. And at this point, the king gave up. He was like, well, I've hired at least three people and it's not working. He's like, you're boring me. Right. He's like, I'm <laughs> through with this. Find another small town gab right. to tell me. <laughs> um, by now, in uh, by now it's been three years and there have been, depending on the story you read, between 100 and 300 attacks. Oh my God. And depending on the story you read, up to 200 of those have been fatal. So, uh, Jesus. Okay. It was decided that this beast was a cross between a wolf and a horse or a hyena up until this point. These are the thoughts. Right. Between a wolf and a horse, a hyena, a lion, a werewolf, a man in a costume. Oh, or something supernatural. First of all, you were saying it was a cross between like a wolf and a horse, a wolf and a like whatever, oh, uh, and then a wolf and a man in a costume. And I was like, uh oh, <laughs> what a weird thing. That's not good. So for the people who thought it was supernatural, there is this quote of it just them describing quote abilities they saw this beast have. Okay, quote: uh, It could walk on its hind feet and could repel bullets. It oh. had fire in its eyes, and it came back from the dead more than once and had an amazing leaping ability. 
It also had a jaw that could crack a human skull in one bite. Great. I don't know if that's supernatural, but it is scary. It is frightening. So at this point, everyone's like, we're fucking over this. Let's just go kill this goddamn thing. Absolutely. So, 300 villagers, not 30,000 anymore, 300 at this point. We've really dwindled down on the people interested anymore. Everyone We're like, else. if I die, I die. Say lovey. They're bored. So um, 300 villagers went uh, through the town to find the beast once and for all. One happened to be a man named Jean Chastel, mm-hmm. and he was actually imprisoned by Antoine while Antoine was in charge looking for the beast. Imprisoned for something really stupid. I think Antoine just had a problem with him. Oh, okay. So once Antoine was no longer looking for this beast anymore, they released Jean Chastel. And he, I think, wanted to show, like, oh, I can fucking do it. Prove himself. You couldn't do it, but I can. Sure. So he actually was the one who saw the beast, shot, and finally killed it. Oh. By using a large caliber bullet and buckshot combination, all made of silver. (gasps) Ooh. And so since jean chastel shot him with a silver bullet that's where the beginning of the local legend comes (gasps) from where that's how you kill a werewolf stop really so this is the story of how that came to be so when they did shoot this animal the contents in its stomach after they examined it the contents in its stomach did happen to be human remains and a bonnet and one whole clog (laughs) (laughs) and uh that to them was enough confirmation that this was the actual beast right i guess that makes total sense yeah so after this day no more report no more attacks were reported and this was the beginning of after this story so the 1760s is around the time where uh the beginning of werewolf folklore really came to into okay, play okay okay and this has been mentioned in many books and movies specifically the beast um has been mentioned in a lot of books and movies and a lot of tv shows especially um mtv show teen wolf where apparently it was actually a whole storyline where one of the characters found out that her family were descendants of the people who killed the beast. <gasps> oh, Something along those shit. lines. I was never a Teen Wolf Me neither. person. But it was big. Yeah. So if you remember hearing this name, you're like, where did that come from? You probably heard from it that from Teen Wolf. That is so interesting. And then it also the beast itself became a whole storyline in like season five, apparently. Okay. That's what Wikipedia tells me. So... In France, the story has become a local legend, and there's many museums and statues honoring the story and people in the story. So, like, the one girl that was able to, like, fight off the, the beast on her own, she right. has her own statue. Okay, that's the, cool. The, the maiden. Yeah. Marie um, or whatever. Marie Jean, I think was yeah. her name. Um, I think it was Jean-Antoine Francois. Charles. Charles. Clog. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, that will never not get me. So, uh realistically people still wonder what the hell this thing could have been people say that maybe it wasn't one wolf maybe it was a pack of wolves oh okay um which is probably the most accurate since at the time in the 1700s wolf attacks were very common in france in fact nine thousand fatalities from wolf attacks alone had happened in the last 300 years yeah and it happens to be more of a european thing than a north american thing apparently the wolves there are different types of wolves, and so those actually attack people. Yeah. There was, I was way too into, like, the Smithsonian history of wolves. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, really was studying everything I could last night, but it came down to basically the wolves in Europe at that time were different than... Like, there's a reason there's a significant difference between the attacks in Europe and the attacks Makes in North sense. America. But yeah, in France alone, in the last 300 years since the story, there were 9,000 wolf attacks that were fatalities. Um, so Jean Chastel, the one who... Uh, ended up actually killing him mm-hmm. he was also known as a lawbreaker since he was already imprisoned right. and he apparently was known for some other not so great 
choices he made. Okay. So one theory is that he could have actually found a wolf and trained the animal to attack people to deflect attention away from the other crimes he was committing what? throughout the town. Which is definitely a stretch. Oh, but quite a stretch. It's definitely it's a theory that got okay. around, though. Um, I mean, weirder things have happened, so. Right. I mean, who knows? Yeah. So... But there are witnesses who were adamant that it was not a wolf. They're like, it looked kind of like a wolf, but it was not a wolf. And these are people in a time in an area where they were on average killing like 700 wolves a year during the winter. So like they knew what a wolf uh, looked like. Okay. So it was like, this isn't out of the ordinary that right. we would see this, but that's not ordinary. Right, right. right. There's all of the people that are witnesses to this beast have all said it looks the most like a wolf, but it is not a wolf. That's really interesting. Okay. Um, so then the thought again is that maybe it's a hyena, um, even though hyenas are so much smaller. Yeah, but, that's true. But people think that it was a hyena because this was also the time uh, where French nobility was uh, regularly importing exotic animals, including hyenas. Oh, okay. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. But the teeth marks did not match with hyenas and nobody ever said that the beast had spots. Oh, okay. Maybe it could have been like a, a cro like a a hybrid, a hybrid or something wolf, maybe wolf hyena a wolfina uh a, a hyena hi a wolf a wolf <laughs> a hyena uh that's good um so well i don't know people have said that they've basically said it's they've debunked it being a hyena oh okay um they also think it could have been a young lion that got imported in because a, lion. a lot of people have said that it had some reddish hair to it oh, true. so i guess being a lion you have like technically more red hair than dark black hair i don't yeah. know Makes so sense. they thought that maybe it was a young lion um, because those were also being imported in. A lot of people say it's just a combination of regular wolf attacks and false journalism. Um, there's a quote from one of the um, news reporters at the time. And he said, the hunters made the beast appear to be more fantastic than it really was because they had failed so spectacularly to capture it. Oh, God. One of, of the things you find in the archival material, such as the letters written by the hunters, are very exaggerated accounts. So... Basically, it's been chalked up to toxic masculinity uh -huh. because they were so embarrassed that they couldn't kill it right away. So they would make the beast seem scarier to excuse why it was such a challenge. Right. For them. They were like, we shot it 10 times and it didn't die. It right. came back from the dead. Right, right, right. <laughs> and that plus that also has been backed by a lot of accounts saying like, well, look how like fucking insecure they were that a girl could like chew this thing away, but they right. can't even kill it. Right. So like if that got to them, then. Right. Some people actually believe that it was a crossbreed between a wolf and a red-colored mastiff dog. Whoa! That had been bred and trained to kill. Although there's no proof of it. They just keep saying, like, that's the closest thing the to... The reddish fur or whatever. That's the closest thing, description-wise, they can think of. Sure. So they just gave that a theory. Yeah. Um, in 2001, so this is still being, like, trying to figure... Still, People are still trying to figure it out. Yeah. In 2001, it was suggested that it was a boar. Because since it was able to, quote, resist bullets, that would explain, like, a har like a really thick callus sure. skin. Okay. Or, like, some sort of armadillo shell or something yeah. like that. Um, and it would also account for the unusual color. And in 2002, uh, it was very, very gray in a very, in a very not-so-scientific way. Yeah. Um, has been confirmed that it was not a wolf because when they studied the attacks, based on wolf behavior... The beast attacked more adults than children. Actually, six times more adults than children. Oh, wow. Whereas wolves will usually attack a child three times more likely than anyone else. Oh, okay. Um, because predators will usually get prey that is a certain proportion to their size. Right, okay. So if 
if kid the basically their mentality is if kids are a certain size and right. wolves are attacking them then whatever is attacking adults yeah it must be really fucking big maybe it was rabid maybe well, i don't know i mean that's definitely a theory that so it's crazy okay that's they, interesting in their in their own way based on this one part of wolf behavior and predator behavior right because wolves would attack something x size smaller than them smaller right. than them smaller than something adult. that's picking an adult instead of a child must think that There's something they basically think that it must be much much bigger than a usual got wolf. It. okay got it so it suggests that the beast whoever it is and whatever it is was much bigger than the average wolf right and i wanted to go in more depth than that i tried looking up usually there's only like one or two videos on youtube to look into this so i could throw in some extra little bullets yeah but when i looked up youtube for this um, silver bullets <laughs> stupid i'm sorry oh my when i looked it up on youtube there were like pages of videos and some of them were like up to an hour long so what? i i didn't look through that but if you wanted to there's a there's a lot of videos to research this on youtube and it's called the beast of Gévaudan. so what are the videos like people wandering through the I think, woods i think people just like telling the story in their own way but usually i try to really oh, okay intentionally look through everything in case like maybe the video has one mm -hmm, mm -hmm. point that I missed. So in case you find Zach Baggins in there. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Exactly. I know so, what you're looking for. But there was just too many videos to watch. So I'm leaving that to you if you're interested. But so instead we watched the Jonas Brothers music video. Which was delightful, it by the way. It is delightful. Precious. And we I was telling Christine, it. I used to be Team Joe. Yeah. You're also Team Joe. I was Joe. Team Joe, but I thought Kevin was always going to be like definitely the more handsome one. Which is so weird because everyone used to joke all the time that Kevin was like the one that nobody wanted. But I was like, but he has the nicest face and I feel like eventually that will come into eventually, play. Eventually it will work out for the him. You're right. The hair needed to change. Yeah. But and then also I loved that it was, they were literally singing about how they're a sucker for the person they're in love with. And then the three yeah. women in the music video were all the people that they're in love with. And I was telling Em, or I was telling em that I mentioned that to Blaze. I was like, watching the video and I was like... Oh, it's their wives. And Blaze is like not paying attention to me this whole time. And then he goes, Sophie Turner? And like pulls the <laughs> fucking computer over. And I was like, okay, now you're fucking interested. Yeah, right, right, right. Fine. But anyway, it's a great video. And a very fun song. Yeah. I'm anyway, very down. We're pretty excited about it. So. Anyway, any story that ends with a JB, Joe Bros, I'm, that's a good way to end it. So. I love the Joe Bros. That is my story. That was banana. The thing about the silver bullets is crazy. Yeah, I always wondered where that came from. Yeah, I just assumed it was some, like, medieval, like, ancient Yep. Thing. Nope. I didn't know there was, like, an actual story. It's just the way that someone finally was able to kill this elusive kill a creature. Large hyena And wolf. they're like, well, that'll do it. What was the other thing? A horse and a wolf? That is a creepy yeah. combination. <laughs> I don't like that one bit. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'll tell you my story. Okay. Okay. I'm also going to have Blaze deliver me a beer at some point during this. So, get ready for that. Can he deliver me a lacroix? Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. 
there was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Someone just tweeted at me, you are forever relevant in my universe. And that's the kindest thing anyone has ever said. Okay, Lemon needs to get off fucking Twitter. <laughs> Good one. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yes. For my story. <clears throat> cool. This is the story of Evelyn Dick, or also known as the 1946 torso murder. Oh, no. Torso? I also didn't know that until I picked the story and started writing notes, and then I went, whoops. Uh, well, I'm halfway through. And it's today, and we're recording today, so I cannot go back and find something new. Uh-oh. Also, this is uh, suggested by Andrea via email probably like two years ago, so... <gasps> Thank you, Andrea. You're probably not listening anymore. <laughs> nope. Sorry, girl. We probably offended you in some manner or another. So thank you, Andrea. Also inspired by a post on Reddit that I have bookmarked had had that I have had bookmarked for a very long time called Sorry M, Canada isn't all manners and maple. And who's lying to me? It's basically people being like, Canada's fucked up too. So here is a true crime story from Canada called The Torso Murder. My hometown. Got it. Oh, and the article is called 11 Unsolved Canadian Murder Mysteries You Won't Believe Are True. Oh, and I'd it. like to thank uh, two websites specifically called evelyndick.com and thespec.com for a lot of this info. Got it. Okay. I can't see you. It's stressing me out. Where I am I? I don't like it. Where am I? Where am I? I'm right here. I miss you. I'm right here. That was for Lemon. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. So. Evelyn Dick was born Evelyn McLean in Beamsville, Ontario on October 13th. They oh, my beer is here. Oh, thank you, Blaze. I love you. Thanks, Blaze. That was for Lemon. Sorry. That I love you. <laughs> Blaze, I know where he is. We'll talk later. No. He's not here anymore. Oh. <laughs> no. Wait. Oh. I have to go check now, actually, though. Did nope. you throw him away? I didn't throw him away. Thank you. He's right there. Oh, good. Okay. I, I was about to fucking... Murder someone on live audio and happily I, go to jail for trust it. Trust me, I can literally see him. Oh, I thought you meant you can see the murder in my eyes. Uh, okay. So, 
Thank you, Blaze, for that. Um, right. So born in Beamsville, Ontario, on October 13th, 1920, to Donald and Alexandria McLean. That's important. Okay. The family moved to Hamilton, Ontario. And uh, in order to triangulate them, the address is 214 Roslyn Avenue. <gasps> Everyone go. When she was only one year old, where her father worked uh, for the Hamilton Street Railway, also abbreviated as HSR. And he worked for this. It's like the local, uh, basically the railway company. And he worked as a streetcar conductor. Love it. Okay. So her childhood was pretty unhappy. So that's not a shocker for these stories, I guess. No. This her, is not a first. No. Unfortunately. So her dad was an alcoholic and her mother had a pretty bad anger issue. Um, they often spent time apart and the family was not a very cohesive unit. Um, they lived, weirdly enough, a pretty lavish lifestyle, though, which was weird because her dad was like just a streetcar conductor and her mother didn't work. So Weird. Yeah. So they that was something that struck everyone in town as kind of odd. Um, they lived pretty much beyond their means. Uh, and that led to suspicions that Donald was stealing from his job at the hsr Ooh, i see yeah because especially at this point so a few years into them living there he had actually been promoted to an office job which meant he had more access to company funds so that the rumors kind of began when they started like living this lavish lifestyle evelyn herself was pretty isolated as a kid her parents considered her too fragile to be out playing on the streets with other children so they pulled her out of public school and sent her to an elite local school called the loretto academy mm -hmm. Um, and as a teen, she was known as very attractive, and she played that to her advantage. She would host these, like, lavish parties at this uh, really, like, uh, fancy hotel in town. Oh, cool. She spent lots of money on her friends, but still, like, nobody was Got actually really friends with Aww, her. She's, like, she paying was... for friends? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, and, like, her sad. mother, like, encouraged her to, like, try to be high status, you know. Um, but it was also kind of weird because she didn't come – like, there was no reason – reasoning behind why they had this money essentially um so she never quite quite gained like total social acceptance um and it also didn't help that she also wore a lot like her mother was always encouraging her to be kind of like show off her wealth or whatever quote unquote wealth. gotcha 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 so she always wore these like really expensive like tacky furs and um like this gaudy jewelry and vanity it, was key yeah but like yeah vanity was key and like like forcing this weird version of wealth upon people being like look Got how it. much money i have i have a giant like trying necklace. to really sell the reputation yes exactly um so uh she also started to there she also started to be known evelyn uh as a teenager uh to spend a lot of time in the company of much older men at the racetracks and sometimes also out of town so she would spend time like literally leaving the city with much older men um in her like giant fur coats like going to racetracks like it just was not really a good look at the time for anyone to really take you seriously especially if you're you. trying to prove that you're like you know high right, status right, right. or whatever so in 1942 at age 22 uh evelyn gave birth to a daughter named heather oh which obviously added to the rumors because she was a single woman oh. um but to quell the rumors evelyn said that she was actually married to a man but he was just stationed overseas and his last name was White. 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 Em learned uh, colors in sign language yesterday. So I had my colors class in sign language. And so I, every yeah. time I've heard, I don't know why, but I've heard the word white like five times today. So now I keep doing the white sign whenever I. <laughs> I love it. Oh, yep. Take a drink. Glug, glug. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, however, later examination of military records uh, failed to prove that anyone by that name ever existed. So 
odds are she made him up. I, well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. That was my understanding as okay. well. Just clarifying. <laughs> Mr. White. Mr. White. You can't see what we're doing. Sorry. You can't see what we're, we're doing, but I keep doing the white sound. M has also, like, go. No, you do. You go first. Well, M has like a Duolingo for sign language, I think is what it, is I what I, it seems like. It's I think as someone who has never touched Duolingo in my life. Right. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're not. It's my it's a several apps that I've turned into my own little class coursework. Well, Emma's like I was in class last night and I was like, in what world are you going to classes when we're fucking like not ever at home? To hold myself accountable, I've made my own coursework and I like demand that I like. But I love that. Things. But Blaze and I are like looking into an actual like night class at yeah. the sign language place up in Los Feliz. Anyway, doesn't matter. But the one thing I was gonna say is Mr. White. His name is Mr. White, right? Yes, the oh! husband. So the made up husband when uh, we went to Vegas for Christine's bachelorette party, <laughs> she was like, who's going to watch the cat? Who's going to watch Juniper? And RJ didn't have a job at the time. And That's I was M's like, friend slash roomie, my roommate. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, oh, well, I'm sure like if you asked him, like he would do it for like a couple bucks. And so we had RJ come and RJ and you had never met before. You just like kind of we'd met. Had you? Yeah, because we went to see Elf that one time. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so in that one instance, it was enough trust to watch your cat but, right, stay in barely, your house. We barely, but we only knew of each other mostly. Right. Yeah. And so RJ came over and then halfway through Christine's trip, she kept getting texts from RJ with pictures of Juniper and the captions all kept being like, I love Mr. White. Mr. Well, White's so great. I'd like to also add that the pictures were of Juniper, but also of RJ shirtless on my futon. And I was like, cool. Anyone, RJ's having a blast. Anyone who has seen what RJ looks like understands why RJ is shirtless. RJ's like basically a professional swimmer. So. He's like, he's currently trying to qualify for the Olympics. So like he's has earned the right to always be shirtless. Um, like but Allison commented on his tricep and I was like, we're shutting this shit down. It's <laughs> like, close your eyes for the rest of your life, Allison. M thought that RJ had a tumor and it was actually a new ab. I literally, I pulled him aside because he walks around chartless sometimes in our apartment. And I was like, oh my God, are you okay? What's going on with your stomach? A bulge. I was like, what is that weird bump? And I like touched it and I was like, is that a new fucking ab? And he was like, oh yeah, I've been working on it. Like working on one ab. What is oh, wrong fuck. with you? I mean, anyway. Anyway. And he's like so sweet. Like it, he is such an, he's a little, he's a little puppy dog. And so, uh. He kept saying he, Mr. White. He kept texting Christine pictures of Juniper and calling him Mr. Like, White. It's so weird. And Christine was like, why? He is... renamed my cat? And then we realized that, like, Christine never told him Juniper's name. Never. And so he just came over to watch the cat and named him just Mr. Was White. Like, I guess that's the name now. Yeah. And I was at Em's house the other day for the... Uh, the housewarming party. Yeah, the housewarming party. And RJ was obviously there. And I said something like, oh, uh, I was talking about Juniper, but I didn't say his name. And I was like, oh, and then, like, my cat will do this. And then RJ go turns around and goes, oh, my God, Mr. White loves to do that and i was like <laughs> oh we're still calling him that i love I, it at one point christine looked at me in vegas and was like i never told your roommate about juniper's name and i was like christine now now you, you can't. can't don't you were like keep up I was the like, illusion ride this ride baby just and i just was like cool let's go with it and rj has never questioned it <laughs> it's just like all right it's mr white he's like oh maybe i guessed it correctly i mean mr white sign language white mr white yep oh i'm not even doing it right i'm just w waving my beer around <laughs> anyway sorry Okay. Very, such a small detail that we really harped on. I hope on. you guys aren't taking a bath because one time we got <laughs> one time we got in trouble for talking about slanty boy rhombuses while someone was in the bath and they said we ruined their tranquil moment. They were like, I couldn't get out. I had to listen for seven minutes while you didn't know what shapes were. They were so pissed off. They sent At a, least we know what colors are. Damn. They sent an email. That's true. In different languages. In different languages. Multilingual. Anyway, I'm so sorry, everybody, but I'm not. I mean, I am, though. <laughs> I'm going to put on a brave face. Moving on. Don't, please don't yell at me. Okay. But, 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 she made up a husband named Mr. White. 
In September yes. 1944, Evelyn gave birth to a boy. Who, that was two years later. Whom she named Peter. She returned home from the hospital without the baby. <gasps> and her parents were like, her mom was like, where's the baby? And she said, I gave him up to the Children's Aid Society for adoption because uh, we don't need another child in the house. Pfft, executive decision, I guess. Cool. Very fucked up. Great. Okay. So she was like, well, my dad doesn't want another. It, she said, dad doesn't want me to have another kid in the house. So it's. So it's dad's call? That's what she said. Okay. We'll get to it. Okay. Right. Uh, so speaking of dad, um, in 1945, Evelyn's mother, Alexandra, and her father, Donald, were separated. Evelyn's mother moved in with Evelyn and her daughter, Heather. So the three of them moved in together. They got an apartment in downtown Hamilton. And after about a month or so of living together, Evelyn abruptly announced that she would be marrying a man named John Dick in two weeks. Okay. And her mom was like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And her mom was also like, yo, you have a, a boyfriend, a serious relationship. She was dating a man named Bill Behozik. And they were like in a definitely together legit right Ooh. he was not a mr white made up mr white no mr white and mr dick and to yeah. mr white dick <laughs> <laughs> that's what i always say oh yeah how do you say that in sign language <laughs> i don't know yet that's but tonight's the, class <laughs> the second i learned that you will know oh my god your classes sound way more fun than the night class I'm listen because i'm teaching them <laughs> welcome true. welcome to professor, professor schultz's M. class <laughs> uh okay so basically evelyn's mom was like wait bill was like just here what are you talking about you're dating bill and then she's like no i'm marrying john dick in two weeks and so her mom was like and that's that and that's that and she swung her fur coat around right and so her mom was like i mean whatever so whatever the case on october 4th 1945 evelyn and john dick were married john he was a 39 year old man uh from town he was a local he also worked uh at hamilton ha hamilton what's it called hamilton street, hsr hsr thank you hamilton street railway um as a streetcar and bus driver kind of like her dad did mm -hmm. um so they got married uh six months into their marriage on saturday march 16th 1946 this is this is where we things get dark dark uh, six months into their marriage on Saturday, March 16th, 1946, a group of school children were exploring near Albion, Albion, Albion Falls. Oh, my. By what locals call the mountain. When they found what That's they... That's what they call me after the gym. <laughs> really? They, they don't call you Mr. White Dick? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. LOL. Oh. LOL. That's what we call RJ sometimes, though, the mountain. <laughs> the Those mountain. fucking triceps, which Allison cannot know about anymore. Honestly, the mountain and Mr. White sounds like such a great... The mountain and Mr. White. It sounds like... Um, wait, someone draw... Wait, you have a picture of that like on your phone. It's literally RJ and Juniper. With like 8,000 abs. The mountain and Mr. White. It sounds like, like Darjeeling Limited. Like it sounds like, <laughs> like the most hipster movie of all time. Yeah. The mountain and Mr. White. There it is. Uh, tears will be shed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So these school children were... Uh, trying to find this giant wolf nope sorry that's your story a group of school children were exploring near albion falls by what locals call the mountain when they found what they thought to be a headless pig good night part way down it's not a pig i already know it's not embankment unfortunately like m has guessed it was much worse it was a person it was a headless and limbless human torso <gasps> get out it's also let's halt real quick and please let's halt forever it's very already disturbing to me that if you took all of our limbs off, 
we look like a pig with and all of their limbs off. Why do you off. think I fucking hate torsos more than you can't even tell what creature it is? Sp- Good night. Spines and torsos, which spines are part of torsos, so don't even get me started. Woof. This is truly the only thing that I. You can have the disembodied feet, but torsos are not for me. Oh, I think I've graduated from the feet at this point. Yikes. I think you got me on board. It's true. We've we've kind of gotten to a point where like things don't it's just all bad. us anymore. It's all bad, like, but all neutral. Right. Okay, so right. It was a headless and limbless I'm gonna throw up human torso that had been dumped off the side of the escarpment. I watched a YouTube video that was like how to pronounce dot com. Escarpment. Escarpment. Okay. I was like escarpment. No. <laughs> Escarpment. Omelette du fromage. Omelette du fromage. Uh, où est escarpment? Du okay. fromage. <laughs> clog? Oh, oh. Où est le clog? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, help me. Okay. Um, we have fun. Mm-hmm. We have a blast. What a trip. When police examined the body, they noticed a deep wound in the abdomen. Mm. I wanted to make a joke about an ab, but I'm not going to do it. So, what one of RJ's twelve but abs? Actually, it was a new ab. No. <laughs> but actually, they... RJ just grew a whole other mountain on his little belly. <laughs> they examined the body. <clears throat> they noticed a deep wound in the abdomen, which indicated that someone had tried to cut the torso in half too, which is just <sighs> heinous. So, a cyst on the body, as well as an undescended testicle, oh, and a positive ID from his brother-in-law, helped to identify the body as John Dick. So Evelyn's new husband. Ironic. He had been shot before. Oh, that they based off of a testicle. They found out it was Dick. Yeah. Hmm. Also, I meant to. Add, I'm sorry. Everyone's gonna. Stab it's a me. peen pun, if you will. A peen pun. We love those. Love a good peen pun. But I do have a question. Yeah. What? Why did you call that wolf uh, Napoleon Bonaparte? I think I missed what the. Was I don't about. know how. I just know that that's what it was called. Oh, okay. I thought I, I was missed just a connection. Delivering somewhere. the news. Got I it. like how you ask now, though. This was perfect timing for that. I was gonna write it down, and then I was like, I don't have a pen, so I'm just gonna remember, and then I didn't. No, I. Uh, it was just something that he was called, and I don't. I never heard from it about it ever again either. Cool. 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 cool um right so but also funny that you would bring it up as a peen pun napoleon bone apart oh i meant more like a napoleon complex right oh you have a small peen part okay we're we're annoying everyone everyone's <laughs> going to stab me <laughs> goodbye uh okay uh da, 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 da. okay so undescended testicle and a positive id from his brother-in-law helped identify the body as john dick he had been shot before his body was mutilated mm. his cousin alexander so that's how he presumably died um, his cousin, Alexander Kammerer, had already reported him missing mm. uh, since March 6th, and he said that John had recently been living with him after his short-lived marriage had apparently fallen apart. Oh, no. So, of course, they're like, his marriage? Okay. Who right, was let's that? start there. <laughs> let's start there. Very easy step one. Right, right. So they go to Evelyn and immediately bring her in as the prime suspect. She is taken to police headquarters uh, for questioning. And when told her husband's mutilated torso had been found, she responded simply, don't look at me. I don't know anything about it. (laughs) Don't look at me. I know nothing. Don't look at me. Oh, I guess it was probably like, don't look at me. Right. right, In my head, it's don't look at me. (laughs) So just like your own personal feelings. on it. Don't look at me. I'm like that. I'm like a fucking werewolf. Like, don't look at me. (laughs) Not like this. Not here. Not now. (laughs) Not like this. This isn't how I go. Okay. I'm so sorry, everybody. God, I'm not even drunk. Okay. Don't look at me. Oh, that makes us so much more. 
Jesus, that makes so much more sense. Okay. Cool. I'm here to be the, the contextual wisdom. <laughs> you are, really. I'm here. I look, I know a thing or two about sass, so <laughs> don't look at me. I'm just over here. <gasps> don't look at me. Okay, got it. Don't look at me. I don't know anything about it. So they were like, <laughs> um, hmm. So tell us what you do know. And she said, well, weirdly enough, there was this mysterious Italian hitman who recently showed up at my door looking for John, but I didn't ask for his name. And they were like, okay, that's that's oddly specific, very oddly specific and also not specific. So not helpful. (laughs) Very uh, vague and important all at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. A few days later, uh, so they're looking into that. Then a few days later, a man named Bill Landig told police he had loaned Evelyn a car. And when she returned it, the car had blood covering the front seat. The Mm. seat covers were missing and there was bloody clothing in the back seat. Evelyn left him a note when she returned his car. Can you imagine? God damn it. Sorry. I'll clean it up. It said, sorry about the mess. Heather, her like baby, had accidentally cut herself and blood a little bit what, on her the whole seats. damn body yeah truly okay so the whole thing is covered in blood she writes a little note says oh sorry heather got a little cut and made a mess Ugh. investigators determined that the blood type was the same as john Dix, and obviously this is the 40s they don't have dna testing yet but they did determine right. it's the same blood type so okay. a clue uh when confronted with this information evelyn said that a mysterious man okay another mysterious man oh, there's so many so many had called her told her that john had gotten another woman pregnant then asked her to meet him because he needed to borrow a car. <laughs> okay. So she met the man and he was carrying a large sack that he said contained part of John. <gasps> That's crucial information. Yeah. yeah. Just, I was thinking like Specific. carrying a bunch of money and it's like, nope, just nope. part of a person. Just okay. a fucking torso. Got it. So she said, oh, he was carrying this large sack and it had, he said it had part of John, but he needed to borrow a car. And remember, she's borrowing the car already. So this isn't even her car. So she's like, so I loaned him the car and I drove him and his mysterious, I wrote mysterious sack. That's questionable, but <laughs> drove him and his mysterious sack to the dumping site. And that's why the blood was in there. So she's like, right. It is John's. But like this mysterious man made me drive the body somewhere. And they were like, uh, okay. They were like, well, what the hell? Like, were you not upset by this? And she was like, I did what I had to do. Um, uh, so okay. That's cool. She even went as far as to show the police the route that she claimed that she followed based on this guy's instructions. Um, she asked if she was alarmed at all during this time when this guy was like, I have part of your husband here in this bag. Right. She said she wasn't happy about his demise, but that it was quote, a pretty mean trick to break up a home. Cause he had like gotten a woman pregnant. Wow. Uh, right. So she emphatically denied conspiring to kill her husband. A psychiatrist, weirdly enough, found her on the borderline between having, this is a quote directly from the internet. <laughs> which doesn't sound much more legitimate I was say, the most reliable source i was gonna say from the encyclopedia i did read <laughs> actually one article was from like the canadian encyclopedia so maybe maybe it was from there i don't know but it literally says the psychiatrist found her to be on the borderline between having dull normal and moron like intelligence wow I'm like the 40s were a great time although to be fair those were actual like phrases for intelligence really like categories for intelligence moron like no moron is actually one of the the reason that that word came out is because it was one of the uh that makes sense then on the i guess on the hierarchy like there was like genius and then underneath that that there was something else something else and then 
idiot moron jesus that's okay. where the words came from wow okay well so thank you internet you were right uh, thank you etymology from m yes another class i teach that. by the way and also for Wik- uh, for canadian encyclopedia love a good canadian anything yeah i know you do except for a torso murder well, yeah, yeah. in addition it was reported that she had the mental capacity of a 13 year old girl although everyone who knew her was like no 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 she's just extremely manipulative and like kind of a crazy person so hmm. basically everyone who knew her was like even her mom was like no she's does not have the intelligence of a 13 year old like she right. is fucking with you if she's saying like i don't know what happened right, right right i'm the pope if that's the case yeah and to be honest like if you think about it it's the 40s they're diagnosing this like woman who's like i don't know what's going on so like it doesn't right. surprise me that they're like oh she's a nut job right you know? that's i mean all. by the way nut job is like an actual classification on the list of uh, <laughs> i don't know if you know that but <laughs> I know a thing or two about etymology. Oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, so blah, 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 blah. So anyway, everyone was like, no, that's bullshit. She's fucking with you. Got it. Later, Evelyn changed her story again and signed a second statement saying that there were more Italian killers involved. Uh, she said that her ex-boyfriend, Bill Behozik, there it is, hired them to get vengeance on her new husband. Ay, ay, ay. So meanwhile, police search Dick's house, John Dick, and discover a beige suitcase in a trunk in the attic. The suitcase was filled with concrete, and in the concrete were the remains of a baby boy. Mm. And it was the baby that had been born to Evelyn. Right. Named Peter. Uh, his name was Peter David White. Uh, when they confronted her about this, she said that Bill, her ex-boyfriend, she's like, oh, yeah, he also murdered my baby. So he murdered <sighs> he murdered John Dick and also my baby. And they were like, this is getting a little out of hand. Uh, then they searched Evelyn's father Donald's house, the guy who works at the right. HSR. Um, and in his basement, Donald McLean, they found bullet holes in a pipe, a revolver and cartridges, saws and bloodstained shoes belonging to John Dick. Mm. So not good. Pretty easy puzzle to solve. So far, it doesn't seem tricky. Nope. After this discovery, Evelyn Dick, Bill Behozik and Donald McLean were all charged with the murder of John Dick because mm. it seemed like they were all somehow right. involved um the trial was hugely sensational um causing this massive media frenzy there were lines down main street people were trying to either get a seat in the courthouse or even just see her i mean she was this like young beautiful woman and right. so obviously like the media went absolutely haywire about this um as we've learned people are i feel like fascinated by like the dichotomy of this young beautiful woman in her prime right, right, right. and then like the gruesome murder so uh the court not only heard about evidence that pointed to her being involved in her husband's murder but there was also testimony surprise surprise about her wild sexual escapades with men in the community oh boy and her infamous black book <gasps> and i mean obviously like one sexual escapades should have nothing to do with whether you murder someone right, right, right. but also it's the 40s and you know that's going off of the historical context of the story correct it was just downright deserve it ap- right, apparently right. she brought her this upon herself she asked for it all this horrible racetrack furs right 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 and so on and so forth right so we're we're in agreement she's here. screwed in any case yeah um the court also learned about her father's year uh a alcoholism and b years of supposedly allegedly ripping off the hsr and stealing money mm. from work which also did not look good nope um evelyn was convicted by the jury and sentenced to death by hanging in the first trial although she may not have killed john with her own hands because they had not proven that she specifically did it uh she was found guilty by participating in the planning and carrying out the crime which was enough to find her guilty of the murder itself 
Uh, so Evelyn's lawyer is this young man from Toronto named J.J. Robinette. And he, he shows up and he fucking appeals the ruling. He says Evelyn's statements to police were improperly obtained. So they basically order a retrial and this time she's acquitted. Interesting. So they take back the murder charge or the uh, murder conviction. Got it. So also the charge against her father, Donald, was dropped, and he ended up pleading guilty to being an accessory after the fact, which is a much lesser charge than murder. Mm -hmm. Just saying, like, he helped cover it up, but that's about it. He had nothing to do with the murder. He also admitted to stealing more than $200,000 from the HSR. So basically, the rumors were true. Okay. Well, good to know. He was sentenced to four years in jail. And then Evelyn's ex, Bill Bohosik, was acquitted because they were like, we don't know if he even did anything. <laughs> this poor guy just, like, she's like, no, Bill did it with an Italian man. Bill's probably like, Ugh. I was like, I don't know what I got. In- <laughs> Good golly gee. I'm- How did I get myself <laughs> <in> here? <laughs> anyway, so Bill Bohosik is acquitted. Um, however, Evelyn did not get off scot-free. There was still the matter of her baby. So this time they tried her about her baby's death, Peter who had been found encased in cement in the suitcase. Yikes. Um, it was determined that he had been suffocated, and Aww. that is how he had died. So he had been murdered. Oh. Evelyn's mother, Alexandra, testified in ex- against her in exchange for immunity. Um, oh, boy. She testified that Evelyn had got, gotten home from the hospital and said, oh, I gave the baby up for adoption. And then when uh, Alexandra asked her daughter, like, well, where's john dick or whatever he's she basically said oh he won't be coming around anymore and so she kind of i mean threw her daughter on the bus but like right her daughter murdered her own baby and her husband so yeah you know it's warranted i guess um so evelyn then is convicted of manslaughter of the baby and which is not that much um and sentenced to life in prison still uh, at Kingston's Penitentiary for Women, where she served as a model inmate. Which model they, inmate. They always wow. do, don't they? They always, oh, yeah. On November 10th, 1958, Evelyn Dick was released on parole, uh, having served less than 12 years behind bars. She was released with a new identity right. that was protected by the government and has, for the most part, managed to elude both the public and the media. So nobody actually knows what happened to her, where she went, where she lived. Um, there are tons of rumors still swirling about her uh some people say that she's living in the london ontario area some people say she moved out west uh a lot of people still say they see her around the hamilton ontario area and she never left um she was pardoned in 1985 officially and her file was permanently sealed although she's still out of the public eye like hiding from public view right for obvious reasons um it is still unknown who pulled the trigger to kill john dick as evelyn actually she's probably dead now right it was 19 she was born in 1920 yeah okay so i mean odds are she could be alive but who knows um could be yeah could be so it's still unknown who pulled the trigger to kill john got it uh it's evelyn refused to testify about that so it could be her ex it could have been maybe if she had talked him into it somehow it could have been her uh her father Mm -hmm. and it could have been her so it's basically we will never know who actually committed the murder itself although it's obvious that she was involved um either way no one was ever convicted for his murder so it remains unsolved that's and, awful yeah so he never really got his like Ven- revenge i don't know yeah Not a revenge no but like justice justice Ex- they, that, thank you that's the exact word um yeah so that's really really sad really fucked up 
there's a schoolyard rhyme that came out around this time, which I feel like seemed to happen. Okay. Whenever like a lady killed somebody like a Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden, exactly. So this is the rhyme, which isn't a rhyme, so I don't know why they call it that. Okay. It's a ditty. It's a ditty doodad. You cut off his legs, you cut off his arms, you cut off his head. How could you, Mrs. Dick? How could you, Mrs. Dick? I don't even know how that's supposed to be chanted by children. I'm tr- I, it doesn't even go together. No. I'm going to get my FabFitFun jump rope and try to... <laughs> we'll double dutch it. Yeah! Oh, my God. Also, uh, there was a 2002 crime thriller TV film released called literally Torso. Oh, okay. <laughs> which is my worst nightmare. That is... It lets you know what it's about. It's not messing around. Torso, the Evelyn Dick story. Um, and then I thought that was kind of the end of the story, but apparently not. Oh. And I had to include this. So there's this haunted twist <gasps> for you. I love it. So the house where Evelyn grew up. So remember 214 Roslyn Ave? When of course we I do. I know. I know all about it. And you told people to go there? I sent many there. Yes. And yeah. people do go there and take like kind of linger and look around and like linger. peek. Uh, so basically that house where Donald lived during the time of the murder and where John Dick was dismembered in the basement where they mm. found his shoes and all that. Right. Is now owned by a woman named Barbara Harding. Um, and some rather unfortunate events happened to her family in the house. Oh, no. And she is said she is tempted to blame the supernatural. Well, I would, too. I know you would. In 2009, her mother fell in the house and died a week later in the hospital. Oh. And then a few years later, her husband fell, couldn't get himself up. Apparently, I don't really understand this, inhaled blood and got pneumonia. <sighs> oh, no. And died that night. Oh, no. Which doesn't really make sense to me. I don't know. He just inhaled blood, got pneumonia, and then... Like, it's a freak accident. Very supernatural. There's a lot of things that happen there. Um, Okay, I'm just going to continue. Barbara, who is in her 70s, said she got drunk the night her husband died and kicked the ghost of John Dick out of her house. Mm. She said uh, she accused him of killing her mom and husband. She said, I stood with the door wide open and said, get the fuck out of this house. That's right. We haven't done anything to you. When asked if John Dick is gone now, Barbara said, I think the dog finally scared him away. And then was like, okay, I'm just (sighs) fucking with you basically she said i'm just fucking with you right um i it does not seem like she actually believes the house is haunted also her mother was like i think in like her 80s 90s when this happened gotcha and her husband was in his 70s so it wasn't like gotcha and they They were were age appropriate age appropriate and years apart so you know it's questionable i don't think that she actually believes this she just you know you do things when you get drunk sure and you're grieving sure um so I think, like, this is more her saying it was kind of a coping mechanism and, like, she just kind of was mad at the house and mad at, uh, about her family's deaths. So the family who owns some of the other house where she and uh, Evelyn and her mother and baby lived during this time, um, the other house uh, is owned by a family who says nothing scary or unsettling uh has happened in the house the woman who lives there now says her father actually bought the house having been fascinated with the murder and had actually seen some of the court proceedings back in the day and then after that he bought the house from evelyn's mother so that's kind of interesting yeah um she said the house has been great they were like oh has anything spooky happened and she's like no the house has been great for our family they've done renovations they removed the coal stove where john dick's body parts are believed to have been burned and where they found Mm. teeth of his well good i'm glad they got rid of it they got rid of it the attic where the baby's body was found is now a master bedroom and (gasps) the house has only increased in real estate value um and this is my favorite probably quote of all time from this woman who lives there now uh and it sounds like something i'd say and probably will at some point in my life quote 
These days, it's nothing to own a house like this. I was talking to a real estate agent who told me she recently was able to sell a house that still had a chalk outline on the carpet from where a body was found. <gasps> what? That is matter of fact. And that's how she describes, like, it's not a big She's deal. She's like, oh, this is just... It's NBD. That's like me and my house with the right. graveyard. It just didn't bother me. Um, and that is the story of Evelyn Dick, a.k.a. Canada's 1946 torso murder. Wow. What a time. What a time. What a torso time. What a torso time and a half. All right. Well, that's that on that. That's that on that, I guess. What a trip. How are you and Lemon holding up? We're going back. Good, not great. Going back to the tunnel of love. God, great. Good, not great. I won't catch you there. Thank you guys so much for uh, hanging out and listening. Thank you. To our creepy stories. Are you still in the bath? Mm, Are you still there at all? Nope. (laughs) gone uh if you for some reason want to continue following us on our podcast journey then you can find us on our social media at atwwd podcast we are on facebook twitter instagram and you can also find our website and that's where we drink.com if you'd like to uh check out our live shows aka all of florida please go to <laughs> and that's why we drink com slash live Woo-hoo. you can also send us your personal true crime and paranormal stories at and that's why we drink at gmail.com where we read through all these lovely stories and then pick a couple and we read them on air um once a month on the first of every month yeah in our listeners episodes that come out that's right um i think that's it if you would like to send us any gift mail for our gift mail videos that we do for yeah, patreon we just people, recorded one yesterday that was fun you can send your packages to 1920 hillhurst ave lost uh, number 265 los angeles 90027 yeah we'll open that up on camera and if you are uh, if you donate to Patreon, then you can watch us open up all those lovely gifts. Yes, and we have fun with that. So thank you guys. Thank you to everyone. And we love you all very much. Yes. Good night and good luck. Good night and good luck. Good morning, Vietnam. And that's why we drink. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better, too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.